I wasn't terribly surprised. I thought it made sense dramaturgically. Hello and welcome into another episode of Dramaturgically. I'm your host, Stephen Clark, and today we're going to be talking about one of the weirdest films of 2023. Um one of the most uh, sexy films of 2023, one of the most disturbing, blood-curdling, mixed bags of, of a film from 2023, and that is Emerald Fennell's Saltburn. Struggling to find his place at Oxford University, student Oliver Quick finds himself drawn into the world of charming and aristocratic Felix Catton, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate, for a summer never to be forgotten. Now, Saltburn is the follow-up to director Emerald Fennell's film Promising Young Woman, which swept cinemas in, I believe it was 2020? Um, when it came out and was was quite a surprise hit of the year and um, really shot Emerald Fennell into into a bit of director stardom and sort of the hype around her name really began, began a bit of a groundswell um, as a really interesting uh, visual uh, auteur. Um, not only uh, was, was that film sort of well-received, but it also did receive some sort of uh, backlash as well for some particular things that take place in the film, which I won't spoil if you haven't seen it, um, which is very interesting uh, because she definitely didn't uh, do anything to, to bring down tempers of her detractors with Saltburn because um, there's definitely a lot of things that I can see modern uh, audiences and just general... Um, some audience member types um, not really vibing with. Um, some of that is applicable for me as well. Um, but I have to say straight off the bat here that um, I really, really liked this film. Um, it was... There, there's, there's, there's something really unquantifiable, I think, about a movie that that treats his characters with such, such intrigue um, and reverence. Um, I mean, our main character, Oliver Quick, uh, played by the incredible Barry Keegan. And j just for one second, let's talk about Barry Keegan. He 
he is one of the most interesting actors of his generation for sure. I mean, when you compare him to his sort of um, age group contemporaries, um, you know, the likes of, I guess, Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland and, you know, uh, actors of this sort of age vintage, um, for, for my opinion, he's far and away um, choosing the most interesting projects, um, choosing the most interesting character types um, and putting on some of the most interesting uh, performances. Um, I, I really don't think that there are many actors of his type in a generation. Um, he's not your standard uh, handsome leading man. And um, to be honest, this is this is really the first time that I remember seeing him in such a leading role, um, which is so exciting for him because um, he does sort of get to get these quirky character types, um, which he has sort of built a career on with his sort of um, weird side characters in like Killing of a Sacred Deer, or in The Banshees of Inner Sharon, um, where he sort of plays these these strange mental case characters, um, but applying that to to Saltburn, where he is our lead, Oliver Quick, um, is just amazing. And, I mean, he's freaky, he's riveting, and his aura on screen is just so unmatched. I mean, the way that he carries himself, he's, the, the subtleties in his body language and his movement, I mean, if any young actors are looking to study uh, a, a character actor that, that, that really just finds finds ways to portray unique qualities about their character through their physicality. I think you'd be remiss in not uh, looking at Barry Keegan as as one of the best examples of that going around right now in Hollywood. Um, so let, let, let's let's unpack the story a little bit because there is so much. I mean, this is a this is a, a one hundred thirty one minute film, um, and and I mean. In some ways, I mean, you could call this a, a small-scale epic. I mean, in just sort of the amount of things that happen in this film, um, it, it starts obviously, um, as I mentioned in the sort of summary of the film, following Oliver Quick, who is uh, shown to us to be a really shy, awkward um, outsider who who comes who comes to Oxford University uh, to to study and and is clearly a very intelligent young man and very eager to have sort of a, a good college experience. Um, and he's sort of met, um, surprisingly by the fact that, that everyone in the college, are sort of generational, uh, wealthy people, um, with their inbuilt friend groups that they've been going to private schools for years and years and years. And he finds himself as a bit of an outcast, a bit of an outsider, and just has no real way of approaching, uh, these people. Um, so he forms a bit of a friendship with a, a strange character um, in the in the university, just really showing how sort of limited his options are um, outside of that traditional Oxford uh, alumni uh, type character. Um, and fr- from this point, we, we really see like the yearning and 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 his his desperate um, attempts to, I guess, to, to be seen or to be noticed, or he's longing to be, to be part of, of, of this group of, of unique and cool and fun and, uh, just, uh, classic, uh, interesting people. (laughs) And he, he really struggles with this. Um, we, we see him, we see him multiple times, um, longing distantly at, um, at, at, at a lot of different characters, but specifically, um, Jacob Lordy's Felix Catton, um, and now's probably a good time to talk about uh, Jacob Elordi because just as equally as good as Barry is in this film, Jacob Elordi is fantastic in this film. I mean, I can't remember a film where the camera loves an actor so much. I mean, every single time that the camera 
touch, you know, like visually shows us Jacob Elordi. He is glowing like a god. I mean, he's obviously like, he's obviously a very good looking man, but this aura that he has um, on camera, um, thanks to the, the, the brilliant cinematography by um, by Linus um, Sandragon, is is just, it, it, it's, it's really unmatched. And I can't remember the last time that I saw a character treated with such... Um, such ethereal, uh, godlike quality, <laughs> um, and and they do a great job and at this because it really, it really creates this sense that 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 Jacob Lordy's character Felix is somebody that that the main character has to know and has to be friends with, and um, as it comes there, there's an opportunity uh, that arises that that means that means that the two of them become friends, and essentially this is all that the first act is is these two characters. Um, spending time together, getting to know each other. And, and we really see this quite sweet dynamic. And we've probably seen this in films before, but I just really feel like in this first act, it's really done so, so well and so believably um, that these two would become friends. Um, and and you just follow that sort of story for the next 20 to 25 minutes as they build relationships. You know, um, we see that Ollie has a lot of difficulties fitting in with the rest of the group, but Felix sort of sees this, uh, quality in him that he really likes the fact that he's like an honest down-to-earth real person um, and that's sort of something that Felix as you know a, a wealthy sort of uh, nepo baby is, is is lacking in his social circles I mean the women are clinging on to him you know like the he, he he's his friends are, his friends are always around but 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 are often having such vapid and vain conversations that that don't really engage him and um, this is what Ollie Ollie brings to Felix, um, and and Felix to Ollie brings uh, relevance and uh, friendship, and um, brings him into different social uh, situations and groups and, and experiences that he never could have had um, without the friendship of Felix. And this is just some great social commentary about about people and masculine friendships in general. And um, and I really found this such an intriguing part of the film to follow. And it doesn't shy away from, you know, showing the fact that, you know, Felix does get sick of Ollie at one point. You know, if he sort of messes up, then Ollie has to sort of work his way back into the good books, which shows sort of just how, how flimsy this sort of connection can be. Um, and this is a constant theme with Felix um, throughout the film, especially in the first half of the film, is this idea that at any point, he could just essentially, um, without meaning, drop anyone in his social circle, um, and his conscience would be completely free because this is his his friendship is sort of seen as 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 a gift in and of itself, and um, something that has to be constantly earned and and isn't really a given. Um, this is how he treats the women in his life. This is how he treats everyone around him, and. And we see later in the film that this obviously stems from his own relationship with his family. You know, his family are also the same. They, they, um, they, they give quite generously, but they also take away in in a really cruel and um, timely fashion that that can really can really throw people through a loop um, mentally. But obviously, as the relationship progresses, um, we sadly find out that Ollie's father has died, and. And th- this this changes things for the trajectory of the film. Ollie, as we discover, uh, doesn't have a great relationship with his mother, so he says, and his father um, has supposedly passed away. So Jacob Lordy's character Felix invites him to come stay at the titular Saltburn Estate, and this is something that Ollie rejects at first. And you know he sort of uh, is thinking, "Oh no, 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 I can't do this." 
Um, I wouldn't want to impose. I wouldn't even know how to fit in. And Felix sort of uh, implies that, no, 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 you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And um, and so so Ollie does come and we sort of get the next 20 minutes of this introduction to Saltburn and it's, it's, it, it's strict authoritarian sort of world that it's built and it's, it, it's a classical, but like old money, but also like very, 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 um, very modern type, um, characteristics through the people that inhabit it as well. And it is sort of this, this brilliant combination of old money and new money, um, told, uh, through this estate and through its characters. And I really, really enjoy that because it's sort of a criticism of both, um, and now there is, there are a few other characters that I should introduce at this point. Obviously, um, Felix's parents, um, who are played by Richard E. Grant and Rosamund Pike, who are both fantastic throughout this film. Um, hilarious, um, some great subtle, uh, commentary, like I mentioned about the, the upper class and, and just the types of people, uh, that usually inhabit these, these, uh, fantastic castles and, um, what their lives look like. Um, and we have one of the abs- absolute stars of the film, um, Archie Madueke, um, who plays Farley Start, who is a cousin of Felix and is, is sort of a friend of his at Oxford as well. And is sort of, um, he is part of the old money brigade, but his family is actually, uh, has lost their wealth and he is sort of living off, uh, the generosity of, of the Catton family at the moment, which gives him sort of this strange, um, complex where he, he feels the entitlement of the wealth and he feels like he is connected to this money, uh, by blood. Um, but he also understands that his social status within the family, um, relies on this consistent, uh, begging for more money and the fact that he has to upkeep this sort of identity and this, uh, personality type. And he, he really is like quite a conflicted character. I mean, he really takes, um, uh, adversely to, to Ollie coming into Saltburn and to just being, uh, Felix's friend in general. And this causes like a real, um, antagonistic sort of, uh, vibe between the two characters as they're both sort of fighting for that role of the person who is mooching off, uh, the rich. And this is a consistent thing with other characters that come into Saltburn as well, is that, there seems to only really be space for one uh, person and everyone else at the table is sort of fighting for the scraps. It kind of reminds me of the way that Yorgos Lanthimos um, depicted uh, the char- Emma Stone and um, and Rachel Weisz's characters in The Favourite in the fact that, you know, these they're sort of these two lapdogs who sort of have to fight for the scraps and there can only sort of be one favourite as such. And, and that sort of plays out through this movie as well. And um, it, it is worth mentioning that there are qualities of this film that I found to be uh, slightly, um, not reductive, but definitely familiar um, of, of certain recent films, um, which is not nothing inherently bad. Um, it's just something that was noticeable. Um, it took a lot of inspiration from The Favourite, like I mentioned, or The Incredible Mr. Ripley, um, a slightly older film, or even Parasite, I found as well. Um, there were definitely some sort of tonal uh, and... Um, and thematic beats that sort of definitely were very similar to me. Um, and you know, these are all great films. So this is, like I said, it's in good company here, but it definitely, it it definitely did beg the question, um, how familiar was this? Was I comfortable, um, with the familiar territory? But in the end, I do think that it is different enough that it has its own voice. And that's what I'm most interested in personally, rather than art being a completely original story with, with nothing connected to previous um, stories ever been told, because as we all know, that's very hard to do and very unlikely that you're going to come across. 
Um, and probably the last character worth um, really mentioning at this point is um, Alison Oliver's character, Venetia Catton, who is Felix's sister, um, who plays sort of this... Uh, uh, when we first meet her, she's sort of this, uh, uh, I guess, um, siren like character. You know, she's very open sexually and she is very interested in uh, Ollie um, just because of his his sort of weight around the place, you know, the, the way that he carries himself as a, as a quote-unquote normie. And it really does feel like for this section of the film that Ollie is the, like, a, a new pet brought into the family and he's sort of Googled and he's told to, to sit really close to people and people ask him a lot of questions and he um, struggles to fit in and we get a lot of these awkward sort of beats of him not being able to understand uh, how breakfast works or how... Um, or just the extent of how uh, much rigidness there is to how he should operate in the house. Um, he has a he has a harsh relationship with Duncan, who's sort of uh, the uh, the um, the steward of the house. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of really interesting scenes, and this is a gr- another great section of the film. Um, and as we go on, obviously these conflicts arise and these tensions arise, and it sort of spirals into this. <clears throat> really dark um, and very, very interesting um, character piece for Ollie Quick, who becomes intoxicated by the wealth and the grandeur around him. And it really begs the question, um, is uh, is it possible to, to come into contact with all of this wealth and this money and this, this these castles and this vast, like endless, unlimited power and... Uh, and not be untarnished by it, be come out the other end and, and be innocent and be um, uh, the same person that you were before you before you left. Um, and and th- that is sort of the thematic journey that we go on throughout. Um, but also this this really probably probably some of the best work in the film is that Emerald Fennell sh- how she shows this intoxication because um, some characters you know might have like a lapse in concentration and do something silly or they might um, I guess you know do something that's slightly over the edge then come back but no we really see this um, this sort of this slow drip uh, addiction that Ollie has to to the power um, and 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 then and they're not afraid to show how natural it, it, that he takes it on and it, it's that whole commentary of like um, we are all, only like money and wealth away from being um, exactly like these people and um, just being as bad as them as they are and um, just sort of how none of us really have the power to resist um, the the intoxication of wealth <clears throat> and there's a whole bunch of scenes which I won't specifically spoil um, I, th- this is a spoiler for review um, but there's a whole bunch of scenes with Barry Keegan that um, are quite up there for some of the most disturbing scenes that I've seen um, in the recent years um, on screen. So I absolutely loved them, um, but I could definitely tell that people in my cinema were cringing in their seats or uh, verbally gasping, um, which is great. I, lo- I love that sort of um, uh, evocation of, of, of emotion and of <laughs> when a film can provoke that from you. I absolutely love hearing that. Um, and that happened multiple times to this film, especially in this sort of um, midpoint section. Um, and it, it's it's fascinating where they take the characters. Um, and I was so, so in on this film. I mean, at some point, I remember thinking, I mean, this is a masterpiece. If they land the ending, it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, which, unfortunately, I do have to say that, in my opinion, I do 
not really enjoy the ending of this film. Um, I think that they took it in a direction that for me felt felt reductive of of the messaging of the film up until this point. I, I, I took it I took this very this film very seriously. Um, and I guess, you know, that could just be my fault, um, in the way that I interpreted it, but I, I, I did really enjoy the, the serious sort of, um, tone of it. And I felt that the third act, well, particularly not even the third act, just particularly the last 20 to 25 minutes, um, <clears throat> sort of walked a tightrope of, of being serious, but silly, um, and over the top and dramatic, re- realistic, but then also like completely unrealistic. And I just felt that tonal shift too much to grapple with in the third act and just also really didn't like what it specifically said about the characters as well um there is one particular twist in this film that is really 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 good and it involves a car ride um with jacob alordi and um barry keegan's character um as they go for a drive on ollie's birthday and if you've seen the film you'll know exactly what i'm talking about um that twist is one of my favorite twists in recent years um but then it sort of goes off the rails slightly after that i think um which is such a shame um but i'm not going to let that deter my overall opinion of the film because i still really really love this film and i think that in some way i can sort of brain cannon um out some of the elements that i don't like at the very end of the film um because there's just so much that i do love um this particularly a scene with um with Venetia in the bathroom, um, where she talks uh, about Barry Keegan's character being similar to a moth, and there's some great dialogue throughout this film in general. I mean, the film is so so well written, and this is another thing that um, this is this is just another thing that Emerald Fennell doesn't always get the credit for um, with the writing. Um, I think that people should talk about this, and if it is going to be up for awards, I want it specifically to be uh, cinematography. Um, uh, Barry Keegan um, for lead actor and Emerald Fennell for for writing specifically because um, I think this is a terrifically well-written film up until the last 15 minutes or so. But regardless of that, I've really, really enjoyed this film. I think it's such a crazy experience and just what I go to the movies to see. Um, and even if I don't particularly agree with the ending, I think that um, I get enough out of this film that um, I absolutely love it. And... Um, and the more that I've thought about this film, the more that I have liked it. So I'm really interested to see um, the general consensus because I know that because of the amount of crazy stuff that happens in this film, people are going to be instantly turned off just by virtue of what they're seeing on screen sometimes. And that's fine if um, sort of awkwardness or grossness or weirdness isn't really for you. This probably isn't the best film for you to watch. Um, but if you do like to see these sort of gripping, dark, uh, disgusting, weird introspections of of masculinity, sexuality, but also like wealth and intoxication and power, um, and social class, um, then you're really, really going to get a lot out of this. Um, it's, 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 it's a film with, with, with a lot of redeeming qualities and something that's going to stick with me for a long, long time. And just to drive home at the end as well, just want to say the performances again, just absolutely fantastic. Um, worth the admission of the ticket alone. Um, and yeah, so I think I'm probably going to wrap it up there, guys, because um, I think that I've said all that I can say without spoiling too much of the film. Um, but yeah, if if um, if you've if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, please follow me on Letterboxd uh, at Stephen Clark. Um, I I upload all my reviews for different films that I see there. Um, I try and watch you know four to five films a week, so you know you you'll get a lot of reviews. 
Um, but yeah, also if you follow along with the podcast, um, we're dropping uh, every single Monday now, which is fantastic. Um, and next week, hoping to have a guest return as well. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, just for now, guys, um, I think that's going to do me good. So um, thanks again for, for joining along. And I hope you've enjoyed this spoiler-free review of Saltburn. Have a great day.